0: All right. First of all, just uh, it's worthwhile just mentioning that tonight, of course, is Chayelu. Uh, it's the birthday of the Baal and the Alter Rebbe. So it's really the day that the light of Chasidis came into the world. Um, so it's very fitting that we're sitting and learning together. One of the books so that's all about Chassidus, that's all about how to make Chasidis more real and practical, like Inyanum of Chassidus, hey, Michael. <clears throat> oh, you got it. You got it. And, um, you know, the, the, the Indian of the Piazetzner, I, I mentioned last time, is that he was more modern, so he knew who he was talking to. So he's, he's trying to bring the way of Hasidus, the way of Polish Hasidus, but the way of Hasidus to people in a very practical way. So it's very fitting that we should learn this. So I want to... Uh, we were holding at the end of the... Um, the goal of the group. We, we uh, Towards the end, it's on page 4, if you have the book, if you, if you have the sheet, page 4, we're at the end. The last thing we were speaking about was the inyan that, that our senses will be unable to confuse our thoughts and turn them away, right? That the holiness will over, over, overcome our senses. That the thoughts should be so clear, right? Because again, the Piazetsner saying that the, the meditative practices that he's going to learn in this treatise, in this, in this book... Is the Indian of thought of machshavatova of having good thoughts of having proper thoughts of having positive thoughts, and his point is that it should be so strong these thoughts, these thinking, these these uh, these thoughts that one is going to train oneself to have that they'll be able to overcome the senses, that even though seemingly the whole way that we get around the world is through our seeing and our touching and our smelling and our hearing, but somehow these thoughts are going to be so strong that they'll be able to overpower the senses. Right? That's, that's, what he, that's what we left off talking about. I'm just curious if any of you had any thoughts about that, about the idea of having thoughts that are so strong that they overpower the senses. Any thoughts about that? I understand what that means. You don't understand what it means. OK, so it's, it's, it's uh, good I stopped. I always feel comfortable to ask. What does it mean? What does it mean that one will have? What I mean? Do you understand what the concept means, or do you I think it's just impossible senses. to I do it? Right. Correct. You're not cognizant of them. So, not not a zombie. It's it's that your thoughts. You ever get lost in thought to the extent that you don't feel what's going on around you? That never happened. Oblivious. oblivious. So that, that's what it means that the that, that that it'll overcome means that you'll be oblivious to the and senses. That's the to huh? And that's the state you want To be overcome with godliness, yeah. That's that's what it means to be to be in a state of that god, huh? I'm just saying I mean, the term
1: for just being. That's just being.
0: Yeah, being with God. That's that's what it means to be being with God. And that's what he says. Let, let, let's read the sentence again. Yeah, Michael. Is the goal to be like that always, or to manage, or to generate that state? Like okay, that's a very good question. So, that's, that's a very to good to question. Methods, right? So he's gonna. So he's gonna speak about it. That there, there are different, there are different times. Shalom There are different times, and based on the different times, that's how the different. You know, it's a question of how acute one arouses these things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one has to is not going to be able to be the same the rest of the day than one is by davening, right? By davening, it's, it, the, the thoughts are supposed to be in such a way that you're not in this world completely. You're not, you're, in Yiddish, you lose yourself in godliness. Like, in those, the thoughts are so strong. It's like, if, I mean, I, I hate to use this Marshall, but like when you're watching a movie and you don't, you don't hear somebody calling your name or you're lost in thought and you don't mm-hmm. hear someone calling your name. So that is by davening. That's ultimately what davening is supposed to be, right? Which is why we know the halachah is. There's halachah say, so you let answer somebody when you're davening if they talk to you when you're davening. But the var is that that what he's gonna say is that there has to be a bechina some of this the whole day. And He's gonna show what that means. But so so you're right. Another when you say do you want to be like that? Why would you want to be like that of overcoming your senses? You know that every. Um, uh, pleasure the true pleasurable thing, it, pleasure is, over, is going beyond one's senses. Being lost in pleasure also is that one is completely beyond senses. So, so it's not something that we, that we have never experienced before. It's not a divine state. It's a state that we all, we've all been to an extent that we haven't been able to tap into the senses. Yeah, I
1: think he's also saying that the senses are inherently physical... <clears throat> So like what your senses tell you is that like your your senses like feel, you know the the physical world as is like and exactly. like, stops there. But he's, I think what he's describing is that you're able to train your mind and have the machshavatova to like overcome that like raw physical. Like maybe this is not just the table. Like to see beyond what your senses tell
0: you. That's exactly right. And and he's good. so you should know there's a whole. What we're talking about now is, is it's, it's a big question in, in, in Chassidus, in the different schools of Chassidus, you know, you're asking me, in other words, is there a world or is there not a world? Is it good, to, is, do you want to see God in the world or do you want to just see God, right? There's, how much does one get become included in God or does one continue seeing the world? So there's both of these realms, there's both of these ideas, both of these experiences, Right to, to lose sight of the world that's the ultimate davening that's why davening is called the ladder right the Zohar says the sulam, the ladder that Yaakov Venus saw is davening so that's to extricate oneself from the senses and just be lost in in, in, in so let's see so but but what what Jonathan said is true that's when I want to look inside then then our senses will be unable to confuse our thoughts and turn them astray. And tell us that this world you see is everything and this physicality that you sense is everything. It's not like it looks that there's just this world, just like the the physical world that's in front of your eyes. And even more, now here we go, look where it gets deeper. Our senses will be subjugated to the thought of our heart so that they themselves will perceive God's holiness permeating all being. So as you come to a higher level, that your five senses themselves... <clears throat> are about feeling God. I'll tell you an interesting idea. There's a story. <laughs> so the story of the, you know, the Alter Rebbe, he was, tonight's his birthday. So one, he was very close. He had a good friend. One of the other Tamidim of the, of the Mizritch HaMage was Rup Shlomo Kalina. And uh, the Alter Rebbe said about Rup Shlomo Kalina that he's a tefach from the air that he's, He's a hand-breath above the earth, that he doesn't really walk on the earth. He walks a hand-breath, was what Rupshlema Kalina. So anyway, there's a story. that Rupshlema Kalina was coming to the to visit the Alter Rebbe, to visit him in the house. And so all the Bnei all Alter Rebbe's, you know, his wife and the daughters, they were all excited and they all wanted the schus to prepare, you know, the house for this great, illustrious guest that Rupshlema Kalina was coming. So they handed out all the different jobs that you're gonna to get to sweep and you get to prepare a bed and you get to do this. They handed out who gets the house of doing which job. But they forgot to hand out who salts the soup, who puts salt in the soup. That they didn't hand out. And each one thought to themselves, okay, I'll just do it. And they all put salt in the soup. Right? Everyone everyone salted the soup. So when the Altareb and Slamakkalina sat down, so Slamakkalina took one the Altereba was eating, and Slaim took one bite and he said, Oh, I can't eat this, it's so salty. It's, I can't eat it, it's so salty. And the Alter Rebbe said that from the time I'm in Mizrich I don't taste the food anymore. And then I heard from Rabbi Khan, and this is only a, a real Hasid would make a pilpah like this. Rabbi so Khan said that, the, that in, in other Hasidic groups, they say the opposite. That Shlemer Kaliner didn't taste the food. And the Alter Rebbe said it's too salty. So Rabbi Khan explained, so that's exactly the the inion that you that. There's a level of not tasting the food, of not seeing the world, of, of one's overcoming one's senses, going beyond what the five senses experience, having such a strong meditation that you're not aware of the five senses, you're oblivious to them. And then there's another level of tasting the food. And tasting the food, why? Because the taste itself is godliness. These two ways, and in, goes in, is, is from the Baal Shem Tov called... Alts is God and God is Alts. All, all is God and God is all. All is God is from below to above, that you go out of the world into Hashem and you lose sight of the world. That's all is God. And then God is all is from above to below, that you see God through, that's what he's saying over here, that our senses will be subjugated to the thought of our heart and that they themselves will perceive God's holiness permeating all being. Now, this idea, which he's going to explain later, I, I just want to speak out now uh, that it's this. This I, the, there's a technique that the alt Rebbe actually gives in Tanya for this, and I just want to speak it out now because just to give something practical uh, that we could already have now from tonight's She'er, so because he's he's going to speak about his way of training the thoughts, but just for now, for tonight, especially for Chayelu, it's at the end of chapter forty-two of Tanya, the very end of chapter forty-two of Tanya. The alt Rebbe gives a visualization technique to be able to experience Hashem. He's actually talking about, in those chapters, about Yira Sashem. Those chapters, the meditations that bring about Yira, awe of heaven. Later on, chapter 40, middle of chapter 43 till 49, he talks about the meditations that bring about love of Hashem. So he's talking about to be in a constant state of awe of God. And the Altarbus says, another way that you'll be able to be in a state of constant year of the Shivisi, to be able to always be in a state of living life in the presence of God, the Altarbus says, is through the following visualization technique. He says, he gives a mashal. He says, when you look at a king, are you afraid of his body or his soul? Are you afraid of his body or his, his soul, his, his personality, his intellect? What are you afraid of? The Altarbus says, the soul. If the king is sleeping, the body is there, but you're not afraid. Right? You, don't, you don't have that awe anymore because it's just the body. It's when the king is awake that you have awe. Asked Altarebbe, do you see the soul? No. Seemingly you don't. Or do you? Do you see the soul? Do you see the difference when a person's sleeping or awake? Sure. That's a person sleeping with their eyes open. That's pretty creepy, but I've, I've had a roommate...
1: That physicality. That I mean, you see the physicality difference, but can you see the soul? So what do you
0: see the difference between a person asleep or awake? Like,
1: or standing, eyes open, eyes closed, you know, like basics. They're not I animated, know. they're not doing anything. <laughs> they're, doing they're not anything.
0: animated, they're not they're doing not anything. Am, yeah. So the animated, what is the animated coming from? The nefesh, the soul, yeah, right? Yeah. So do you see the soul or do you believe it's there? Let me give you another mushal. This, this is my muscle to explain this mushal of the Alter Rebbe. So it's the middle of... I'm sure some of you might have heard this one because I say it all the time because it's such an important uh, idea to be able to visualize God in the world. So it's the middle of the winter and there's a snow day, which by the way, I just saw on the news that the, the no mayor more. announced that no more snow days. Now they're all going to be on Zoom. That's a rishos. <laughs> that's mamash. That's terrible. I and mean, that's not fair. The taking away the, the, mayor of the, or the mayor
1: of New York City. Mayor
0: of New York City. All right, well, this is the mayor of New uh, it's, it's a shanda. Anyway, so <laughs> in the good old days when they had a snow day, uh, ten feet of snow, so the school was called off. So little Timmy wants to go out and play in the snow. So his mother does what a good mother does before you know a child goes out to play in the snow. So she wraps him up with uh, you know. Uh, two layers of long gotkas and, and t-shirts and undershirts and then a snowsuit and then a, sk- a ski jacket and, and, and earmuffs and a hat and mittens. And after about five minutes of work, all you see in front of you is like a mound of clothing, like you, little beady eyes peering out. But you, well, you don't see the child anymore. You just see the clothing. And that's how little Timmy goes out to play. And the neighbor across the street, the child across the street, came out to play with, play with him also the same way, bundled up. So when the other child came back in, so his mother said to him, tell me, did you enjoy playing with Timmy's clothes? So I looked at his mother, was like, what are you on? What, what, what does that mean? Well, she said, did you played, you made a snowman with Timmy's clothes. So he's like, I made a snowman with Timmy. So the mother says, but did you see Timmy? You only saw the clothing. So did the kid see Timmy or not? He only saw with his physical eyes, he only saw the clothing. But even the kid knows that he saw Timmy. How does he know? Cuz it's animated. Because the clothing are because the clothing are moving. So your physical eyes might be seeing only clothing. But what's called the mind's eye, or es ein the visualization of the mind's eye. It's not. It's not that the kid looks at the clothing and says, "Oh, gee, oh, this must be." I recognize this clothing that it belongs to Timmy. He sees Timmy, because he sees the clothing moving and building a snowman. So you're seeing life, the soul. When you're looking at me right now, you know you don't believe that I have vitality. You see it. You see my vitality. I, Your physical eyes just sees my physical body. But your mind's eye, through the visualization of your physical eye, you're seeing now. You're seeing my soul making my body animated. It's not that you believe that. You see that. You see that there's a vitality in me. Right? Says so the Altarebbe, that's how you should look at the vitality in the world. You see the world is alive. What's that life? What's the chay elamim? Chay elamim is God. God is the chay elamim. God is the vitality in the world. So when you look at the world, just like when, you, when you're looking at me now, even though your, your physical eye, is all, your flesh eye is only seeing my body, but your mind's eye is able to visualize that you see that you're seeing my vitality, you're seeing my life. How? By your, your physical eye seeing my body animated. Your mind's eye doesn't believe. You're seeing my life force. You're seeing my vitality. So too, says the al when you look at the world, you're seeing the garments of the king. God is in them. God is the vitality. He's the Chayelamim. He is the, the vitality of the world. So when you see the world, when you see the Leviticite of the world, realize that Hashem's light is the life force of that. And that's what he means that the senses will be subjugated to the thought of our hearts so that they themselves will perceive God's holiness permeating all being. Am I making myself clear? Does everyone understand what I'm saying? Anyone have a question?
1: About a domain.
0: Oh, it's a good question. So it's interesting. The intanya in the second part, in Sharchut Vemunah, with the alt introduces the Baal Shem Tev Shita and, and God's unity in Avena Mova, the literal meaning. So the altar of it says that based on the basic idea that there's godliness, the, the contracted light of God in everything in the world, and even in a stone, even in an Evan is has a, a, a life and vitality. Now it doesn't mean that, you know, meaning even inanimate objects have an orally key, have a divine light, have a soul. Doesn't mean like in you know Disney movie like with the forks and knives dancing and stuff like that. Doesn't mean that they have a soul like that, but it means that the fact that each rock, the way that it looks, how big it is, is it smooth, is it jagged, what's making it that way, the light of God that's in it, the soul of that doymim making it this color and this every aspect is all elokus. It's all godliness. So just like you imagine when a scientist looks at, 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 at objects, the scientist right away is like seeing the molecules, seeing the atoms, with his mind's eye, through the flesh eye seeing. That's how we have to visualize God in the world. Visualize that the Lebedekite, the the the, chayis, the life that you see in the world is Hashem. The world is the, is the garment of Hashem. Then... With our own eyes, we will see that we are in God's garden, Eden, standing before God's throne of glory. It is precisely this that is the goal of our society. So with our own eyes, we will see that we are in God's garden. What does it mean that we are in God's garden, Garden of Eden? So I want to tell you a beautiful idea from Rabbi Yaka Moshe Chalap. Anyone ever heard of a Yaka Moshe Chalap? Yeah, one of the main Talmudim of Rav Kook. Is it, huh? He was the Nazir, or that was a different one? That combat? was a different one. That was with David Khan. But they were contemporaries. So, he's um, a beautiful set of from called Me Marom. So, he says a beautiful Torah over there. Well, what does he mean, the Piezetzne, that we will then see with our own eyes that we're in God's garden? What does that mean? So, Rabbi Yaakov brings the Gemar Brochas to Avchavchas. The Gemar Brochas says when Rabbi the great Tanner Rabbi was on his deathbed, so as Talmidim went into Menstad, Yilam Dena Rabbeinu Orches Chaim, teach us the way of life, teach us the way we should live our life, Kadeshin, Kadeshin iskil Haba. So we should be able to merit Oyelam Haba. So Beliezer said a couple of things, and then Beliezer said to them, Ukshatem Mespalalim, Deu Lifnei Miatem Oyimdim, Ukadeshat Tiskulachai Oyelam Haba. When you're davening, Deu Lifnei Miatem Oyimdim. You ever heard the words "dalif ne'mi'at oimid"? Right? You ever see that in a shul? On, on uh, it'll say sometimes on Aron Kodesh on the stander, "dalif ne'mi'at oimid." Know before whom you're standing. So the source of that is this Gemara. This Gemara, by the way, uh, Hasidim didn't. The Friedrich Rebbe writes in this. The Hasidim didn't used to write "dalif ne'mi'at oimid" on the on the Amud on the stander because they wrote it in their hearts. That's what the Fitagabh said that you have to write to in your heart, not on the Arn It That's to say it inside. To know before whom you're standing. Right? That's the essence of what Davening is. Saying the words is and uh, saying the words is all step B. Step A is to know before who we're standing, right? That's that's the essence of like Rupahan Brisker says, that's the Maisatvila, that's the essence of davening, is knowing that we're standing before Hashem. So anyway, those words come from this and Brachis. So the Tamidim said to Rebbe Lezer, teach us something that we should be to Elam Haba. So Rebbe Lezer said, when you daven, know before whom you're standing in order that you should earn Elam Haba. So Rebbe of of Chalap asks, I don't understand. We know, simple, that, that, that it's one of the most basics of Judaism that we're not supposed to serve Hashem for the reward. Right? We're not supposed to... Show that, that's, that's for children. That's for beginners. That eventually, you're supposed to come to a place where you want to connect to God because you want to connect to God. Right? So what is the Gemara saying over here? That, that, that Beliezer is saying to students on his deathbed, this is his advice, that when you daven, know before whom you're standing in order that you should merit the world to come. So if Chalap says, he's not saying, in a deeper way, he's not saying... That you'll get Olam Haba after you pass away. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that if you daven in such a way that you really have a feeling before whom one is standing, then you'll be zoichet to Olam Haba while you're still alive. What's Olam Haba? What is he saying that, that we're in God's Garden of Eden? What is Olam Haba? What is, what is it that we're looking forward to? Now again, I'm, at this point I'm not talking about Mashiach. I'm talking about the Gan Eden, right? He's talking here about Gan Eden. What's Gan Eden? What happens? Where do our souls go after, after we leave this world? Our souls go to Ganayden. That's where we, our souls go when we leave this world, right? What is that? What happens there? So the words that Chazal use is that Tzadikim Yoishvim uh, uh, that, that Ganayden is where we're menemezivashkina, that we take pleasure from the radiance of the glow of the Shekhinah. What does that mean we take pleasure from the radiance, the glow of the Shekhinah? So whatever it means to get pleasure and happiness from anything in this world, the essence of that is the light of the Shekhinah. Whatever gives pleasure in this world, the maim takhtoinim, the pleasures of this world, are the light of the Shekhinah, but we don't feel them as light of the Shekhinah. We only see the klipa, the shell, the garment. Ganeiden is when it's revealed to us Hashem's light. And Sir Belezer was saying to his students, if you live with knowing that you're always standing before God, then you'll have Olam Haba while alive. You could enjoy God's radiance when alive. And remember, that's what the Pizetzner is saying. He wants to show us how we could live in a way that we could all be, while we're alive, being, living in God's garden, being with Hashem. Right? That's what it means to have Olam Haba when one is still alive. Yeah? All right, let's go weiter. Chapter 2, the composition of the group. Okay, the composition of the group. The purpose of our society is is not to attain power and involve ourselves in political and communal matters whether directly and with a particular agenda, or indirectly. We're not, this group that we're getting together, this Bnei Machshav this group that we're, we're gathering together, is not about power. It's not about who gets to lead. It's not about who gets rich aliyah, who sits where. It's not about the external COVID, these type of vinyana. Our goal is to ascend, to take a step that rises beyond the entire world, its commotion and its turmoil. It's a beautiful... What does it mean? The To take a step that rises beyond the entire world. In other words, we're not looking to have communal matters. We're not looking to get into politics because the whole point is to go out of the world, to take a step above the world. <clears throat> the world and its commotion and its turmoil. Um, Therefore, our group will not apportion honors to a president, vice-president, and so forth. Not, there's no sister, and there's no auxiliary, you know, there's no uh, kiddush, kiddushim and stuff, no president, vice-president, because the foundation of our group is humility and exaltation. The humility of the essence of body and lower spirit, and the exaltation of their holiness. But he says he's saying that we're, we're not going to have presidents and who, who's vice presidents, because the, yisoy, the the essence of our group is shiftless, viscerimumus. Shiftless means shiftless means lowliness. lowliness. Um, he calls it humility. Shiftless means more like, over here lowliness. a feeling of lowliness and a feeling of exaltedness. That's the purpose of a group. What's the feeling of lowliness? Our physical state? Right? We feel lowly, but our physical state feels lowly, the fact that we feel so far from Hashem. And what's the, what's the exaltation, the Heserai The Israimumus is the exaltation of the holiness, the, the, the idea that holiness, the holiness becomes revealed and exalting in the holiness that we have in us, even though if we're not conscious of it. And in a place where holiness is revealed, there is no place for honors and titles. What do you think that means? You
1: can see the fact that Hashem's light is in each of
0: us equally and there's no difference really between us. Exactly, yeah. Whenever there's holiness revealed, there's no, there's no differences. There's no, there's, it's interesting, you know, um, um, by Hasidim, in, in, um, it used to be that Hasidim were very not into giving COVID. To the Rebbe, yeah. To the Rebbe, like, too much for the Misnagdim's taste. But to rub to, to any rub or anything under that, they weren't into they were Like, for instance, they say the famous thing that, um, you know, Rabel Eger was the grandson of Rabbi Kiva Eger and the son of Sholem Eger, and he became a reb. he became a Chassid. And his father, Sholem Eger, ended up sending Shiva for him because he became a Chassid. <coughs> but he went looking for him in Kotsk, And he started, it was, when he was looking for him still, he was asking, did anyone see Harav Eger? And and they're like oh, we don't have a Rav Eger here, so then you said a Rav of Label Eger. Oh, so they said oh you mean Label as Akivas. Label shlem Label Shleim akivas. Label the son of Shleim. Let's say a Shlem Eger. Ager, But that's how they said it. Oh, Label Shleim Akivas. Yeah, like they, they would they wouldn't they, they would be very very not give a lot of titles. So the Rebbe once explained why that it's a beferish of Gemara really. The Gemara says. That that uh, why was Uriah Hachiti right when the Gemara explains why there's you know the story of David and Bacheva. So um, I assume everyone knows the man. idea of the story. So one of the things the Gemara is to explain why David and Melch wasn't really so bad. So one of the things the Gemara says that Uriah Hachiti that David and Melch caused him to be killed. He was Chayv Misa anyway. Why? Because he stood in front of David and Melch, and he said, "Adoini Yoav." Yoav ben Sruya was the head of the general of the army. And Uriachiti stood in front of David and said, "Adoini Yoav, my master Yoav." So he's Chaiv misa, he's liable death penalty. Why? Because he gave a title of honor to somebody else in front of the king. When you're standing in front of the king, you can't say, "My master Yoav." The king is your sovereign you're not allowed to have another master when you're standing in front of the king. So, so the Rebbe said, that's why Chasidim wouldn't give a lot of Kavr, because they're always standing before the king. If you live life, that you're standing before the king, so you don't give honor to other people. Right? So, But that's the word that he's saying, where that a place where holiness is revealed, there's no place for honors and titles. Like you were saying, Evan, that everyone is equal, everyone's the same. You know, we're waiting for a time. The Navi Yirmiyah says, That when Mashiach comes, everyone will know Hashem from big to small. Everyone will know Hashem. And it's not going to be, it's going to say, it's not going to be one person teaching another. It's not going to be a way of teaching. Everyone's going to know God equally. And so when that happens, there's no place for honors and titles. Let's go further. And also, we make a strong bond of commitment that our group should not, heaven forbid, be in any way insular and isolated from those Jews who are not a part of our group. We're not looking to, 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 to become uh, um, elitist. To the contrary, the first principle and basis of our group is the love of the Jewish people and the love of friends in the strongest possible manner. We right? that, you know the Arizal says that before you start davening, what's, what should a person always say every day before davening? I accept upon myself the mitzvah of that every person should say for davening. Why? Because the shahr, the gate to loving Hashem, is loving other Jews, loving other people. Right? That's that's the one brings to the other. They're connected to each stuck other. Stuck also. Huh?
1: Giving stuck on. The yeah. beginning.
0: Yeah. True. Yep. Yeah. So therefore, he's saying it can be that we're going to be insular and, and isolated. We're not looking to make a. We're not looking to be in an exclusive club like in a fraternity where like if you're not part of us, you're like, you're not, you know, we're we're, we're better than you are. That's not what we're looking to do. And look what he says, the Pizazzam. He says, imagine if a fire broke out in the city and the fire department came to put it out and rescue people using its professional techniques. Would the firemen hate and drive away the residents who were also involved in the rescue work and extinguishing the fire, each to the best of his ability. In other words, let's say, so the firemen are putting out the fire the professional way, and then some other people come with pails or whatever, they come and they use some other techniques to try to put out the fire. So would the firefighters be upset with them? No, they're using a different method, but the goal is the same, to put out the fire. And that's what the Pizzatz was saying. We, we, you know, All Jews feel that there's a fire over here. There's a fire that we're, we're not, you know, the fire of, of this world is, is taking us away from Hashem. So after all, they have one common goal, to put the fire out and save the people engulfed in its flames. The only difference amongst them is that everyone is doing the rescue work in his own way. The fire department is most successful for that which a group can do, no individual can accomplish. So he's saying, a group is not to say that other ways of doing things are not good. Right? Because we're all putting out the fire. What's the difference if some people are using other ways of doing it? Okay, uh, if you don't have, who doesn't have the book? Um, I have to give out the next sheet. Um? Yeah, here, um, if anyone needs, the, it's this page. So he's saying, yeah, so we're not, looking, we're, not, we're not looking to say that other ways are not okay. And the opposite, what a group can accomplish, no individual can accomplish. We're going to page six. Each of us is constantly concerned and anguished about his life. Now here you start to get a taste of the way that Piyaz spoke. I told you, he speaks very personal, very very open. Each of us is constantly concerned and anguished about his life. What will ultimately become of me? Day after day I yearn to be close to God with my every thought, word and act and at the very least not to be far from him and thrown into the thick mire, into the filth, right? I don't want to be thrown into. The, I don't want to be taken away from and thrown into the in, into the into the filth. Yet every day I destroy this yearning with my own hands. In other words, we all have we all have this yearning inside of us. We don't want to go into the yavin Mitsula, We don't want to go into the mire. We don't want to sink. Yet every day we destroy this yearning with my own hands. I do not even wait for God to cast me away from His countenance. Of my own initiative, I cast myself into uncharted territories of chaos and void. Amid spiritual forces corresponding to donkeys, mules, and dogs—that's uh, a kabbalah. You know the um, uh, the lie of this world. The kabbalah teaches that things that are impure are really like donkeys, mules, and dogs. So, you know, if if you had kabbalistic eyes, so if you would you would see all the 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 the. The beauty and the the, the things in this world that seem to be so beautiful, you would see them as donkeys, mules, and dogs. So he's saying over that that we that we ourselves throw we throw ourselves into that pit. We throw ourselves into things of this world. We take ourselves away from Hashem instead of being like the children that want to be close to Hashem. We throw ourselves into schmutz. and he's not he's not talking here dafka about the uh, uh, you know stuff that are rated X. He's, he's talking about shtusim, the, the shtusim of this world, right? The Narashkite of this world. that we throw ourselves away from, you know, we daven in the morning and then we right away go into the, the, this world, the, the shtusim of this world. What will our end be? Our days and years have passed this way. And in our impoverishment, we give vent to groans. Will we only awaken when we reach our last day on earth? Now he gets very, very musery over here. He says, "Are we going to wait till our last day on Earth to wake up?" we will wake up that all of a sudden we realize it's our last day on Earth, then we're going to wake up, then we're going to regret what we didn't do. Then will we beat our hearts and cry, "Whoa, what did I do? Why, why is my soul and body engulfed in pollution and nauseating worthlessness?" <clears throat> Why is my soul and body engulfed in pollution and nauseating worthlessness? My entire lifetime was one mass of uncleanness and foul degraded desires, thoughts and lusts which I now find repellent. The last day you look back at all those things and see them as being disgusting. And in addition to that, foolishness and meaningless things were the constant occupation of my soul. That's That's what I'm saying. I mean... If we think in percentage, how much percentage of our of our days is actually given to Hashem, and how much percentage is our mind busy with other nashkayt, with sh'tusim? It's very easy to get depressed, and you know, from, from from thoughts like this. With my own hands, I removed myself from the world of holiness and purity, the sanctity of God, and threw myself into the pollution, the pit of pollution and ugliness. So in other words, basically you know, he's saying that we're all concerned, we all feel that there's a fire here, that we're not, we're not doing what we should be doing. We have that feeling that why am I not staying with God's holiness? Why do I constantly get, feel like I'm so far away? This worry gnaws constantly at the heart and pierces the brain of each of us. <clears throat> each one of us worries and sighs but finds no remedy to heal his broken heart. Now it says uh, that in Hayom Yom it says that a sigh is chuvilah. It's the Hayom Yom of Gimel Tamas. Actually, the sigh, a sigh of that a person feels like, oh, "I wish I'd be I'd be uh, serving Hashem better." <clears throat> the sigh is chuvilah. Just the sigh itself is chuva. But the Pizzesnu is saying <clears throat> it's not enough just to stay with a sigh. With the crafts. It's not enough just to say, oh, I wish I was doing better. I wish that I, I would, I would uh, uh, use my days more properly. But he's saying it's, it's not just, uh, we have worries and sighs, but we don't find a remedy to heal his broken heart. Therefore, we have joined together to find means appropriate for people as lowly in spirit as we are with which to serve the one God. Evan, could you pass the water, please? <coughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. So the Etzner obviously is being modest over here when he includes himself. Mm-hmm. You know when he says people as lowly in spirit as we are, halavai, we should be as lowly in spirit as the Etzner So he's being he's being modest that he includes himself in that. But what year again was it? Twenties, the nineteen twenties. Yeah, uh, that that's when he that's when he wrote it.
1: But the way he's writing, like you said, it sounds like he's not like it sounds like he's talking about himself. Like, I mean, not in the, maybe not in the nemuche uh, that line, but I don't know, like the descriptiveness of what he's describing sounds very like it's coming from himself.
0: So it's interesting that the the um, the uh, uh, a tzaddik is not able to... The, the, the reason a tzaddik is able to help other people is because the tzaddik experiences what the other per, the, that person experiences. Because again, a tzaddik is like the head of the body. and the Grosh Hashanah is the head of the ear, the tzaddik is the head of the body of the Jewish people. And your head feels everything that's happening in the body. So even when a, a person would come and say to a tzaddik about sins that they did, the tzaddik would have to look in themselves to find... That something like that, in, in some, there's some aspect of that in themselves they would look to find. Right? There's a story that one time by the Mittler Rebbe that he saw, he saw somebody and then, you know, it took him hours to get over the Yechidus, the private audience, and they, and they asked the Mittler Rebbe what took so long. So he said that this person, he never had before, this person came and confessed him, asked for a tikkun, that he did the sin of Bala Mace. And uh, was intimate with the dead body. And the Mitra Rebbe was like thinking how, like, how would he find something like that in himself? And it took him a couple of hours, but then he realized when he teaches Chassidus and the people don't listen, <laughs> don't really hear. So that's a v'china of, of, uh, of Baal um What were you asking me? Why did I bring that up?
1: I was just saying that it sounds very personal. Oh, about
0: himself. So yeah, so... So a tzaddik feels what we feel. That's true. I, I heard, actually heard from R. Steinzels once, he said it at and He said, what's the difference between a Hasidic Rebbe and the tzaddikim that were before Hasidus? He says, for a tzaddik, all the nyanim of this world is like monopoly money. For a real tzaddik, you know, you say you lose millions of dollars, like losing monopoly money. If you you know you have your you you you'd hate your monopoly board to get lost, but it, it wouldn't it wouldn't destroy you if your monopoly money gets gets destroyed, right? So that's what a tzaddik sees things in this world, but you don't see things like that. So a chassidic, a chassidic tzaddik, the chasid is brought about that a tzaddik also feels what you feel. Not not just that he's looking up from an ivory tower, but he experiences what you experience. So whether the Pizzetner actually went through these things on his own or just to relate to other people, you know, that, that I don't know. But, but obviously he's saying that um, um, that he definitely understands what we're going through. Yeah. And that was my point to say. My point is to say over here that, that he, he's talking, whether he includes himself from his modesty, but the point is that he's saying is that he's talking to people of lowly spirit that even people, um, we have joined together to find means appropriate for people as lowly in spirit as we are, right? So he's, he's being modest and he's saying, or not being honest, but he's saying that even a person that feels that the are low lowly in spirit be able to serve Hashem better. And at the very least, we hope that God will help us so that we will not waste our days in the depths, but that we will be able to unify our hearts with the one God and take refuge in His shadow while we are still in this world. Right? That's what I was saying before. While we're still alive. Not to wait to after we die to, visit, to, to meet God. But rather to have it in this world, to be able to experience it in this world, a connection to Hashem. Therefore, so now you, he began this page by saying, each of us is constantly concerned and anguished about his life. So, but some people might say, I'm not. So that's what it says, then don't come into the group. In other words, he's saying that you have to, if you want to be part of this group, you have to be bothered by that. Therefore, our group will only accept those who share these concerns. Right? The only people that also are bothered by that. Does it bother you that you're not close to Hashem? Does it bother you that you don't feel Hashem? If it doesn't bother you, then don't bother. That's what Pizatzner is saying. Right? One could continue to just serve Hashem by rote, by mechanically, you know, but if it, if it bothers you, then then be part of the group. There's a verse from the uh, Yiddish of Peshischa. And the, the holy Jew from Peshischa said, The most important thing is to want to serve Hashem. What happens if you don't want? So you should want to want to serve Hashem. What happens if you don't want to want? So you should want to want to want to serve Hashem. And the Yiddish said, that You could get till 10 times, it's still okay. You want to want to want to want. That, that, that. But, but the idea is that Anyone who ha- that You have to want, to, you, want to, you have to have these concerns That what's going to be with my life Because don't forget This is why it's so connected To what Chassidus is about Chassidus came to the world to say You don't have to be in shul Or Beis Or Yeshiva all day To be with God And Chassidus was all about Showing simple people Quote unquote Lowly of spirit Ways to feel Hashem That's what Chassidus always was that's the nekuda. That's the basis of what is. So the Pizzetsna is saying, if we're not able to give that over, then, then, then we're missing the point of chassidus. If we're not able to have that experience, then we're not getting the idea of what this is. So, but you have to want to have that experience. You have to want to feel that. As for those others who know in their souls that they do not fulfill these conditions and do not fall into, the, into this category, we ask them, please don't enter our group and fool yourselves and us. If, if it doesn't bother you, if you feel like it's fine, the way you're serving Hashem is fine, please don't enter the group and fool yourselves and us. Do not spoil the other members' pure hearts and clean minds. Even more than that, I am not so pleased that such a person should even read this book. Right? A person that is not bothered by that, don't even bother reading the book. And perhaps this is alluded to in the words of the Mejish that the Jews did not reveal their mysteries in Egypt. So this one I think we're going to have to leave for next week because this is a, this is a deep part. So let's stop over here. Huh? I read ahead. I yeah, be... yeah, it's already 10 o'clock so let's, let's stop over here. Okay. Anyone have any questions or comments or anything? Okay. Oh.